Welcome to an exciting episode of ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who, along with myself, are the perfect experts to talk about this week's subject matter. I give you the Brent. I enjoy making, eating, and cooking food. Right on. And I enjoy video games. It <laughs> should work out great. For those not to know, last week we spun the wheel, we made the deal, the exciting deal. And this week we'll be playing, bam, food games, Brent. Yes. Games that have food elements in them. What Which, do you think of this topic? We, we were, I think we were both uh, pleasantly surprised at the wide uh, selection available for food games. I thought we were going to be pretty much shoehorned into two or three games that I could think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But after uh, researching the subject a little bit, there are quite a few games out there involving food. And I guess really it makes sense. Yeah, there, there are uh, more than a few games based on food. I thought to, here at the beginning of the show, we just talked about some of the games that didn't quite make the cut and some of the ideas we had. I can, I'll start off by just mentioning that, uh, you know, we'd, you had played Burger Time on here uh, with that uh, the uh, episode with the electronic handhelds, and I thought about play, picking Burger Time for this show, and then I thought about picking Super Burger Time, which is the kind of the sequel that nobody plays, and yeah. also the, there's also the uh, 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 what's his name Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, which is another. Oh yeah, game I'm glad you didn't series. pick that. Have you played that one much? Oh yeah, I thought that was one of the ones you liked. What did you? What? No, no, I'm not a fan of that one. My wife is a Burger Time fanatic. Uh, we often compete for high score uh, during our well, what used to be our monthly computer club meetings, and uh, it's a game that she actually played from her childhood and really enjoyed. And you know that was the game that grabbed a hold of her. And she's great. Yeah, she's really good at it. Um, and I, again, I was going to pick Burger Time as well because Burger Time has a lot of interesting uh, mechanics in it about how the food is designed to, or the AI is designed to attack. It's very Pac Man like, where uh, food, different pieces of food, different characters have their own AI that triggers whenever you move up and down a ladder or where you are positioned on the board. Um, and there's a whole lot of ways to just park your your guy somewhere and get into an infinite loop where you can go having a sandwich. And it's, <laughs> it's unlike some games, it's super easy to pull off. Um, not for me, I don't know not. if you've ever watched <laughs> someone go for a high score on Burger Time, Yeah, but it's all about gathering. You get everyone so that all the sprites are overlapping and then you just go line by line dropping all the food down and then they come back up and then you just move over to the next one and drop them down the setup on it uh takes a little bit of time but it's incredibly tedious to watch still it's a great game to just play it's sort of nerve-wracking to watch actually yeah <laughs> watched it plenty of times you know, another one I wanted to mention was the old uh, perennial food fight uh, from Atari. Did you play this one much in the arcade? Uh, I didn't play it a lot in the arcade, but I, I've obviously played it. It had a very a, a good 7800 port. It was also a staple of the old Starcade uh, game show. They would play this one quite often on there. And I always thought it was a pretty fun game. This game never really got a, a, a lot of ports or a sequel. Uh, for whatever reason, but I think it was fairly popular in the arcade. You well, know? the controls on this were kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, the, the game itself, though, fun game. Um, I don't think it did. It get it didn't get any eight bit ports, did it? The only port I know of is the seventy eight hundred port. I mean, it's possible it got to make uh, an eight, uh, Atari computer port, but if it did, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I played it to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah, I mean, of course, this is one of those games, you know, if you're going to play it, why not play the arcade version? Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. What can you? Uh, what other food games pop into your head? I mean, Well, you've got all of your modern food games, like your Cooking Mamas, where you're actually preparing food. Yes. Um, I'll have to say, I love that game. 
Yeah. I, I thought yeah. about picking one of those as well. They're, those are very clever. And I remember when we had the, uh, when the Wii was high and, and mighty, we had the Wii versions of the Cookie Mob games. We had a lot of fun with those. They were, they were super fun. Also, Cookie Mom is very topical right now. Uh, the newest game was set to release, and it did release for about an hour, and then got pulled uh, off of virtual console shelves uh, to be retooled because they they said it wasn't good enough. Really? And uh, yeah, it, it's a whole thing. If you if you want to catch up on some modern. Uh, gaming news that's something to look into it's quite quite the story Did, so uh, was this a new version or is it was it a yes it's the newest version i can't remember the the subtitle it's but it's cooking mama something um you know another another food-based game i want to talk about because you're uh, somewhat of an expert on this what was that crazy virtual reality game where you run the restaurant i always thought that was kind of a fun game well there's there's a couple of those a lot of uh, I don't think any of them just focused around uh, running a restaurant, but there's lots of them where you do different jobs and cooking is is one of them. It's a very uh, uh, standard staple. And it, again, it takes kind of the cooking mama approach where you're making the food. And of course, in virtual reality, they, they goof it up terribly. So yeah. uh, as in, you know, you're just doing extreme things. Um, another type of cooking game uh, is... The, the restaurant management side of cooking gangs, you know, where you have to get the orders out to the people. Uh, and oh, that sounds tedious. Oh, it's, it, it's, um, you know, it's a thing. Some <laughs> people really love them. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of them. And then on the retro side, of course, you still have, you know, Dizzy. Dizzy, all the Dizzy games are sort of food-based. Well, yeah, because he's an egg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Someone mentioned fast food Dizzy. I've not played that one. I don't also, think. Also, Pizza Tycoon. Yeah, Pizza Tycoon was on my short list. Uh, the yeah. old golf we, game. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the Pac-Man series, especially uh, Super Pac-Man, where he actually eats a ton of food. Correct. Which, <laughs> yep. Which I like. That that's got a lot of food. But so, can you think of anything off the top of your head that we that uh, you know that it seems like. Uh, uh, Food is something that's often part of a game, but not necessarily the entirety of the game. I, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. Uh, oh. Like I said, doing the research on this stuff, there were tons of games where uh, all your enemies were food. Yeah. Uh, and I, of course, I ended up going with one. Uh, but I, food is a very popular uh, villain, I suppose, in the gaming world. Hardly anything where you very few games where your hero is food, but there's plenty where villain the villain is food. You know, I've got to uh, mention we've got a couple of comments from the chat, and I want to just badmouth Paul Kitchen for bringing up Top Banana. <laughs> <laughs> you hey. suck, Paul. I don't ever want to think about that again. Uh, we also uh, Amiga Bang mentioned Out to Lunch, which we covered that on the Amigos a while back, starring uh, Pierre Lechef, another food game. So it's funny. Every system has a little something there, and I, you know I have to say, uh, uh, Brent, that uh, this time around, uh, you know I have to say I'd never I'd never played either one of the games we selected uh, this week. In fact, I'd never heard of these games, uh, to be completely honest with you. And, and uh, I mentioned that I'd been researching uh, uh, Burger Time, and that's how I stumbled upon my game and your game. I got to tell you, I, I'd never heard of or played. Uh, before, so uh, without further ado, we of course we picked games that were food related. The uh, platform was irrelevant uh, this time, so we've got a. Although we're sort of we're not too far off in terms of the timeline as to the game when our games came out. So you'll what do you think? Surprised. You want me to lead the show, or do you want to take it this week? I'll go ahead and take it. All right, Brent, tell us what you picked up this week. I picked uh, the late NES release. Panic Restaurant. There we go. Uh, this was a Taito game released in uh, mid-1992. So this was way, way late into the NES cycle. <clears throat> in fact, it, this is one of the last games released for the NES in general. Um, 
in Panic Restaurant, you play as Cookie, uh, the chef that has to get his restaurant back after it's been taken over by O-Dove. Uh, O-Dove is, is kind of a, a fun villain because his name got butchered in translation not once but twice. He started out as O-Dove uh, in the ah, French. That makes more sense. And then they, they translated it from French to Japanese and then from Japanese to English, and that's how we got stuck with O-Dove. So it was, it was originally supposed to be O-Dorb. That's right. Uh, that makes a lot more sense, because I looked at his name, and I was like, man, what a weird name. Yeah, yeah, he he kind of got just ripped off. Of course, he's a weird dude overall, skin color and, and uh, uh, lanky, evil chef dude. So what is Panic Restaurant? This is your typical... Uh, NES side-scrolling jump game. Uh, You have different weapons and different power-ups you can pick up along the way to help you fight. You have a health bar. It's very... uh, I guess if I had to compare it to something right off the bat, I'd say Super Mario Bros. 2? Not me. You don't jump on the other guy. Well, you never... jump on them in Super Mario Bros. 2 either. You, you can pick them up, well, but you, you don't jump, jump on them, them to kill them. Uh, but with this game, you get life. You can have a health meter. Uh, you go from two hearts to three hearts to four hearts as you go through levels. Uh, other pickups you can get are chef hats, which you can be extra lives. You can get um, different weapons. You start out with a frying pan, and the frying pan in the U.S. version actually has a name. Uh, they call it the clobber pan. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Uh, and you can pick up other weapons, which you can pick up a spoon, which the frying pan, when you swing it, it's an overhead smash. So you bring it like a hammer, like a sledgehammer, over on top of your head and then down in front of you. Uh, the spoon is more like you're fighting with a bow staff just straight ahead of you. It's got a longer reach. Yeah, it's um, good. The fork is a horrible weapon. It's a pogo stick weapon, but the hit detection on it is just awful. makes it something you actually don't want to pick up in the game. Uh, but that it's a fork that you bounce around like a pogo stick. Uh, and then you've got plates, which you can hurl the plates, and they're probably, would you say they're the best weapon in the game, Aaron? I never got to the plates. <laughs> you never got plates. I only got I got past the first boss and got to the second and got a little bit further before I died. Wow. Yeah. The wow, first that's boss crazy. took me forever to beat. He was tough. So <clears throat> you have plates in the game, and the problem with them is they arc slightly. Uh, so if an enemy is right up on you, you actually throw the plate over top of them. And then the last weapon power-up you can get is a cooking pot which you wear on your head, yeah. uh, you know, like a helmet, and spin around in a circle, and you become invincible. So yeah. you just got to spin around and go through your enemies. I love that. I like I like the different weapons in this, man. Uh, I think that adds a little bit of flavor to it, no pun intended. The fork, <laughs> I never got to use, but it looked, on the playthrough I watched, it looked pretty effective to me. No, it's horrible. It's so horrible. You have to be really precise on it. Uh, it but it does allow you to jump on your enemies, as you said. Uh so what makes this a food game, besides you're playing a chef, is all the enemies in the game are food-based. Uh, you've got carrots that will pop out of the ground and then walk towards you, and they're all, you know, got the human, some human features like arms and legs. Um, you've got apples, which almost go off like claymores. They jump up in the air, and then they, they slice themselves into four slices and and then come down and try to hit you. Uh, you've got onions, which take two hits. The first hit, you knock the skin off the onion, and then the second hit will actually kill it. Uh, you have flan, just plates of flan that will walk around, just kind of neander towards you. Uh, you know, all these different unique enemies. You've got uh, the chickens that are, are plucked, so it's just the the little legs walking around like you would a cooking chicken. There's kebabs um, as you get into it. Yeah, the 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 shish kebabs, which are complete with skewer. Yeah, probably one of the most deadly enemies in the they game. They are. They look that real just, bad. Yeah, they'll aim at you and fly towards you. Uh, and then you've got 
things of French fries that will that turn 90 degrees the way you normally see a thing of French fries and shoot like a machine gun and just rapid fire shoot uh, fries at you. Uh, all through the game, you you've got these beautiful sprites of all this. You you know exactly what the food is supposed to be when you see it. Uh, there's no question. And then at the end of each stage, you've got these marvelous bosses. <clears throat> like uh, the end of the first stage is a big cooking kettle of popcorn. Yeah, and that the guy's more tough. you hit him, he grows and and eventually he'll pop. And all the popcorn comes down, and you have to dodge it, and you have to keep hitting them with your frying pan or whatever weapon you have. Uh, every bit of this just oozes with that the food theme, uh, even so far back to your the intro into each level. It's a menu, and like stage one, it says appetizers, and then stage two is your soup, three is your salad, and four is your fish. Five is your meat portion, and then six is your dessert. Uh, so it just it takes this food theme, this restaurant theme, and does so much with it. Uh, except for the oddest inclusion in the game. Do you know what I'm talking about, Aaron? The uh, bonus round. Yes. For I don't some know, Brent. You're not looking at this in the right vein. It's a fruit machine. Well, but it's not really. It is. That's exactly what it is. That's what makes it that. So I'm I'm calling a, a legal move there. <laughs> okay, but it's it's very shoehorned in. It's also very uh, Super Mario Two ish, where it's better, way as better. You, as you defeat enemies through in throughout the level, uh, they become coins, and then you gather up all those coins and you spend them in your slot machine. One thing with this game though is anytime you get hit. You lose your special weapon. Yes. And anytime you die, you lose all your coins. So you can't just hoard everything and try to get into this infinite loop. The game won't let you. Uh, and I think it's good. The absolute, no questions asked, biggest problem with this game is it's too short. Six stages. I mean, I know it's trying to stick with that the menu restaurant theme, but that is too short of a game. Uh, when you've got all these marvelous bosses, like you fight a wok full of shrimp and you fight a giant hamburger. Uh, and of course you fight the, the guy at the end, uh, which is the evil chef. Is it like uh, a flying frying pan or a wok or something like that? Well, yeah. He, yeah. He's got a, on a balloon. It's actually flying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Real quick, Aaron, what did you feel? How did you have fun playing this? You know, I, I've never heard of this one, Brent. I gotta say, I thought this was outstanding. It's funny. Last week we did the NES uh, Windows uh, gimmick, and uh, uh, of course I was on the Windows side, or the actually the MS DOS side, excuse me. And uh, I had to go against the NES, but I mean, this is a this is one of the examples. I believe I don't know what year this came out. I think, it was, but I'm pretty sure this is a later 92. release. And, Ninety-two. Uh, this, this is the perfect game for in a lot. I mean, for, in a lot of ways. Wow. If you, if you look at the game, it is it's it's the colors. It, it almost looks like CGA. It really does. Yeah. It's there's lots of pastelly pinks and blues. They didn't use a lot of color in this, you know. Uh, and uh, but they but what they did was make it endearing. <clears throat> the plot is great. The, the bad guy takes over your restaurant, and you've got to get it back. And so you're effectively going into your own restaurant, and there's a menu there, and it shows you sort of like this. It's One part of it sort of has like a level uh, where it shows you where you are, sort of like Ghosts and Goblins or something like that, Ghouls and Ghosts. And the other side is like, it says like uh, the appetizer, the salad, and these yeah. are the different stages. And so every stage you're on has a different rest, like a different part of the meal. And so, like, when you get to the meat, for example, you're in, like, a, uh, uh, it's a, you're in the freezer, that whole level, which, and that level looked really hard, uh, to the freezer level. <clears throat> but your chef is cool looking. Uh, the, uh, he, he, I liked, I, like, I wasn't great at this, but I, but I did get to, I did play it quite a bit, and then I went back and watched someone beat it to see what happened. But I like the idea of using the different kitchen utensils as weapons. The uh, bad guys are, are per perfect, you know, because they are all kitchen-based. You know, the levels are all real clever. Uh, the, there's a lot of personality in your chef. 
the, uh, the stuff he does. Even when he dies, he spins around the circle, you know, and then flops over, his foot goes up in the air, and he kind of wiggles a little bit. It's a great death. Oh, yeah. I like the fruit machines because they're actual fruit machines. You get you can put in up to five coins and spin the wheel, and you can actually extend your... You can get extra man and life and more, and, and it, it's cool. You know, I like that. I think I didn't think it was tacked on at all. I thought that was a. I think that was awesome, uh, an awesome way to spend your uh, your coins. Uh, this game reminded me. So the end bosses this sort of reminded me of the end bosses in say uh, uh, in, in like a one in one of these one screen games like a Bubble Bobble or a or a uh, Liquid Kids. Well, Liquid Kids isn't one screen, but it's the same kind of wacky bosses. The game's all wacky. The music's good. I don't know if you mentioned that. It's good, not great. Yeah, <clears throat> I really liked it. I thought it was really good, man. Uh, uh, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I was surprised how much I liked it. I, I, I'll give you that. It, I, I mean, you've got to understand, I'm not a console guy, so to, it does seem a little short, but it seems hard. But it doesn't seem like impossible. I will say it looks like it ramps up considerably, uh, say, about the third level on. Well, the ramp-up, the difficulty on this is actually pretty well-curved. Yeah, I, um, I, 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 I think... would, I would just from what I saw, I, I mean, listen, I'm not great at these games, and I got to, like, I think I got to the, the see, I've got to the second end boss, wherever he's at, and he and then got crushed. Uh, but it's a fun game. I really liked it. I think I liked it more than you, uh, Brent. Well, I'm no, I... I like the game, and I very much appreciate how well they use the theme. Uh, the sprites in this are all uh, super detailed and large. Uh, the coloring in it is superb. The music, to be honest, is a little is a little loose. Uh, it's not quite a, as peppy as it probably could have been. Um, you didn't mention the cool bonus rounds where you catch the fish or the eggs. I thought those were pretty cool. You know, where you uh, you have to, uh, and, and the birds will sometimes, they'll have uh, bombs come out, I believe it is. Or, and then the yeah, fish, there's two some, bonus some of the games. fish are no good, you have to catch them. And they're yeah. in sort of a first-person perspective, I kind of like that too. Yeah, those are nice little additions to the games. Uh, you can go up hidden paths or alternate paths, and uh, one mini-game is you throw like the equivalent of a sticky hand out, and you're trying to catch fish. And in the second business bonus game, uh, a- uh, birds are flying overhead and dropping eggs, and occasionally they'll drop bombs you don't want to catch. few things I want to mention about this game, Aaron, uh, that I-, I guarantee you didn't know. All right. In Japan, uh, this is called Mischievous Little Cookie in Gourmet World. That sucks. I, it's not great. I'll, I'm not that Panic Restaurant is terrific, but the main character in the Japanese game is a kid. They completely changed the sprite for the U.S. release. So, in the Japanese release, you've got a, a thinnish, definitely young kid. I'm talking, sort of looks like he's, uh, like, 16 and then, of course, in the American release, you've got this older, fatter chef with a big old mustache. I think both sprites have personality, but holy cow, our sprite is so much better than the Japanese yeah, the, sprite. the chef sprite, he's great. I, he really, is, I really think he's a, that's, he did a great job. He reminded me of one of the dudes on the old pizza boxes when I worked at Deveroni's. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, the, exactly. With the guy doing that? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, the box art is tremendously different. The box art for the American release has a, a big inflated uh, chef's face, and it is not appealing. Uh, it, it's on the, Actually, it's frightening, whereas the Japanese release is more with the theme of the game. Uh, even the uh, opening title screen is radically different. In the Japanese release, it's, it's uh, very uh, white and has pictures of a food and a chef hat and everything, whereas our release is just a black screen with uh, the title of the game. I enjoyed the opening uh, animation, too, where the dude steals the restaurant. Sure, sure. <laughs> that was good. They did a good job. I, I, really, I guess if they rethemed this partially for the U.S., I, I agree. I think they did a good job. Uh, the ending, uh, this is another thing that is, is radically different. 
Uh, in Gourmet World, when the game ends and you, you're standing in front of your restaurant, you actually have a uh, credits scroll, you know, which is very traditional at the time. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S. version, it does not have that credit roll. It's actually programmed into the game, but it doesn't happen. And I think I know why. If you can, you can go into the code and actually trigger the credit screen for the American release, and the very last line of the credit roll is "God be with you till we meet again." And you know, That's NES no and religion, they they try to stay away from that. So I'm wondering if they just axed the, all the credit roll because of that ending line. That wouldn't surprise me. So you actually picked sort of an appropriate game for Easter. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you go to the hidden screen, yes, I guess I did. <laughs> uh, now, do you know what is the most famous thing about Panic Restaurant, Aaron? I don't. The price. Yeah, that if, I will understand, yeah. If you are looking to purchase this game, this is one of the NES Holy Grails. If you buy just the cart, and these things are uh, faked all the time, but if you buy just the cart, you're looking at about $500 to $600. Incredible. If you want the box and the instructions and all that good stuff, uh, they had six of them sell last year, and the average price for them were, was almost $1,300. Unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah, I, I was, if I was you want this brand new in box yeah. with the cellophane, one of them sold last year for uh, $4,100. Wow. This was a late release, and I'm assuming it didn't sell in big numbers, right? Uh, I don't think it was that it didn't sell in big numbers. There just weren't a lot made to be sold. Uh, is the Japanese so think, version also worth a lot of money? It is not as much. Uh, the American version appears to be the one to get. But there you go. Yeah, I like it, man. The I, price I, tag I, on this thing is just... I really, I w I'm not surprised by the price because that'll that'll happen on, occasionally on these games, and at least it's a good game that's actually people actually want to, uh, yeah, want to spend all that money on. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I would I would give this a solid. Uh, it's worth going and getting an NES emulator to give it a play if you've never never played it before. Uh, it's easy to get into. I guarantee the first time you sit down, you're going to get past the first level and. Uh, if you're like me, I got up to level five. Wow! Uh, when my this is right up your alley. First down, though, sitting down and playing with it. Yeah, um, we got a few. Uh, we got an ARG review on this, Brent. If you want to go over it here, I got it. Uh, uh, the uh, our own boat, John Boat of Car Schaller, and I'll grant you his reviews are a little suspect after he pounded our show last week. But we're gonna. But he gave us a panic restaurant review. <clears throat> he writes. This side-scrolling platformer isn't without a ch without charm. Your hero is a pleasant-looking chef, and the enemies are well-drawn and, and varied. The music ranges from okay to nightmarishly repetitive, and checkpoints and levels are a bit too spaced out. The game suffers from two problems endemic to the NES, flicker and slowdown. Your main offensive weapon has a Lionheart-esque reach. Oh, jeez. And while your power-up weapons work nicely, you lose them after one hit, and you can only pick them up in one place per level. In a system awash with games of this genre, there are there are many to recommend above this one, yet it is a playable entry in the latter part of the NES's lifespan, grade C. I, you know, it shows you, I I think that's I, overly not being harsh. the expert that you and Boat are on the NES, to me, this seems like a, 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 a pretty high-level fun, attractive game. I, I, I would give it a, at least a B. I, I kind of really liked it. Uh, while I will agree, in the NES library, there are plenty of games that are rank higher than this in playability. Uh, no problem there. And yeah, there is some slowdown and flicker. Uh, it's due to the sprite size being so large that it has to take up basically two sprite sizes in most cases. Um, but it's not horrible and it's not all the time um what i wholeheartedly disagree with is the uh weapon range uh i don't think it's bad at all i think it 
adds to the difficulty of the game. I think if it wasn't there, uh, the game would just be an absolute breeze. The pan is fair. It does since it does an overhead smack as well. You know, so you hit above the head and in front of you. You can use that to your advantage, and it, it makes the game a lot easier. Uh, losing your weapons in one hit again. It had to be done for the difficulty of the game because some of the weapons are so powerful. You Once you got them, you just steamroll the game. So I think all the weapon choices like that were made with difficulty uh, in mind. Boat, Boat isn't fond of swinging things uh, around your head or above your head individually, but I, I don't agree with this. The controls in this did not remind me of Lionheart. They're just standard, you know, the different pan, the pan and the spoon, so they act in different ways, you know. You could sort of uh, pick your poison and be happy with what you've got because you've got choices in the weaponry, and they do sort of work in two dissimilar ways, you know. Yeah, and I'm not saying his review is wrong. I I just uh, uh, don't agree with everything he said. I do think that the, some of the music is certainly repetitive, though. Very and good. I think that's where I think sound is where this game is its uh, absolute worst. It's funny because I thought the sound was pretty good. So there, there you go. So uh, anything, uh, is that pretty much put that to bed, Brinster? I think it does. I think Panic Restaurant is a, is a good one to, to take a look at. I liked it, personally. So, moving on. Uh, I was tasked with picking a game this week myself. And uh, I uh, went down the rabbit hole of Burger Time because I thought that's the perennial game for food. And found a game that I had never heard of uh, before. Uh, I mean, I, and I may have heard the name of it, but I didn't know what it was, you know. Uh, and so I, uh, uh, I said, "Heck, let's let's uh, give this a whirl." And I picked D- Diner for the Intellivision, Brent. Now I have to say, yes. uh, admittedly, I have been on a bit of an Intellivision kick here recently since I modded mine, uh, but uh, uh, I didn't know this existed, and so just just came upon it by looking up Burger Time. So. Let's talk about Diner. Um, released in 87, Brent, for the Intellivision. This is a late, late release, and we'll get into that here in a little while. Uh, it was developed by Real Time Associates. They did a lot of stuff, a lot of later stuff on the uh, Intellivision, including uh, Super Pro Football. They did uh, Dig Dug, Triple Challenge, uh, Learning, the, Learning Fun 1 and 2. They did Tower of Doom, uh, Slam Dunk Basketball. Uh, chip Shot, Super Golf, Commando, Pole Position, and Body Slam Wrestling, and a bunch of other stuff. I think this may be the same outfit, by the way, that did that did some Amiga stuff. I, I, I The name's sort of the same, and I read that they were the same group, but I couldn't confirm it. If they are the same bunch, they did a Carrier Command, among others, on the Amiga, but I can't confirm that. Uh, this was programmed by a guy named uh, uh, Ray uh, Kastner, he was responsible for super pro skiing, super pro football. You can see a trend here. It's all super pro something. <laughs> he also did Burger Time on the Intellivision, and he did Master of the Universe, Power of E-Man, which also ties into this game a little bit. Um, so what is Diner? Well, Diner is a... Uh, let's see, what's the best way to describe what this is? This is a uh, three-dimensional play field... Uh, that you, I'm trying to think of the best game I can compare this to. It's real, it's kind of a difficult comparison. Uh, it's a uh, sort of like Marble Madness. Think like that kind of maze. You are, you are once again uh, control Peter Pepper, but in this game, the and you're still being chased by food. In this game, though, there's a, it's a totally different game for Burger Time. In that Peter has to finish his meals by kicking food balls down to the bottom of the screen. You'll see scattered food balls. There are different types of food balls. Uh, there are red ones are meatballs, green is lettuce heads, white is rice balls, and tan mashed potatoes and yellow macaroni. Now, some of these I never saw, by the way, because I guess they're further on the end of the game, further than I could get. But uh, your job as the chef is to kick these, is, and you're kicking these into the, into the plate. Sounds real... Th- yeah, I don't think I want to eat at Peter's restaurant. You well, to I mean? be fair, just remember how he made hamburgers? Balls. Yeah, <laughs> of course, if we were just kicking food balls, this would be a pretty easy game. 
So you're pursued by rotten food. Never good, man. Uh, you've got uh, a lot of the... You've got really one of the old food is on your tail. The hot dogs are back. Uh, but you've also got a whole new... Uh, a whole new roster of evil food. Uh, you've got bananas, cherries. You've also got Muggsy, who's a, a root beer mug that's coming after you. Uh, and he's, according to the docs, he's the leader of the of the evil food. That's right, they've got a leader of the root beer. <coughs> now, what makes this game different? Uh, because you're also armed with pepper, just like you were in the first game. So it's, they've carried over some of the things in the first game. What makes this game different is the travel and the play field. Uh, this game, like I said, is sort of a three-dimensional, multi-level number. And the, what makes that different is the you, your ability to dodge and and go around the the area is is unusual. Let's say that yeah. uh, it, it can be confusing, but it gives you a, a few more options. There are lots of staircases and ladders you can go up and down to avoid the food. And when the, when the food comes at you, you can also kick the meat, the, the, the uh, food balls, over the evil food. Yeah. And, you, and if you kick them in the right way, you can run over multiple evil foods. And, and thus you get a bonus to your score. So a lot of these these food balls start sort of the, most of the time they, they start some at the top, some in the middle, some at the bottom of the screen. So you've basically got to sort of line your shots up like you're a soccer player. And when you get a bunch of food right in your way, that's when you kick the food ball at them, Brent. And the food ball will go down ladders. It'll go down ramps. The food balls are sort of like... The food ball is sort of like a real lazy, lame version of the of Mr. Do's ball. You can't really quite tell where it's going to go. It just sort it of... It wants to go to the bottom. It goes to the bottom, but I mean, you don't yeah. know... How far down it's going to go? Oh no, you don't know what path it's going to take. Right. How far it's going to go? So no. you're not going to be setting up a bunch of, of uh, kill shots uh, that are are that are. It's not like this thing's uh, seeing eye or a heat seeking food ball. It's going to just go randomly down the stairs, and you just kind of hope it's going to get who you want. I mean, you, if you line it up, you can sort of tell where it's going to go initially, and then you're after that, you never know. It, it's a sort of a mystery. Um, these levels. It's funny how these things are are uh, are split up, Brent, because it's a lot. It's a little bit like your game. Uh, they've got they've got these levels, uh, uh, like there's a uh, there's like the main course and that sort of thing. They've got a level. They, they don't have this level on the screen, but in the uh, in the game the manual, they sort of refer to this stuff like in, in like you would refer to a, uh, meals at a diner. Uh, and they, and some of the levels will have like a little flashing signs like Eats or Diner, and there's one that says Ray's, and that's the, the, the actual name of the guy that did the game, Ray. He gets his own restaurant in the game. So it's, But, I mean, really, the, the little flashing lights are the only thing that make this feel like it, it has, has anything to do with a diner. Yeah. I mean, these are diners you would go to in your worst nightmares. Uh, this, is a, this game is surreal in a lot of ways. It's, it's a it's real unusual uh, game. But it, in, in its own weird way, it works. Uh, I, I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to describe why it works. It just does. There's a uh, greed element to kicking the food balls. There's, uh, a, a, there's a uh, element of lining up your shots. It's almost like, say, like a soccer kid or something where you have to line up your, your food ball shots. Uh, but it, it's fun. And when you get these all these uh, um, food balls to the bottom of the screen you, and you kick them, they'll eventually go down. At the very bottom of the screen is a plate, and the food balls will go onto that plate. And then when those when you've completed filling the plate with the food balls, that round ends, and it goes on. Uh, it's pretty much that simple. Um, the levels vary greatly. At first, you're just on these like uh, 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 bizarre three dimensional levels, but eventually you get to the point where the levels uh, will uh, periodically change, like they will, like gaps will open and shut in them, uh, which will uh, cause trouble. Uh, there's also levels. The farthest level I got, which I believe was the fifth level, it actually has elevators on it. Eight for the food. That's the eighth level. So, so how, how did you get? Did you get that far in this, Brent? Yeah, yeah. You oh, you did you get past the fifth? Uh, no, that's the eighth level. The it's the eighth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the. I'm. I know I made it to the eighth level. Yeah. And the the elevator level might repeat, so maybe that's why I'm, I'm thinking sure it's the, the eighth. Uh, the, 
I think the fifth level had the elevators initially. Uh, okay, but that, it, it very, that's very possible. Yeah. It's very possible. Um, so, <laughs> I should mention that scattered the levels that are much like in the original game, occasionally appearing will be uh, pepper refills. Your pepper is pretty important in this game, Brent, like it was in the first one, uh, because there is no jumping. Yeah, you're, if, if, something, if you get surrounded by food and you don't have pepper, you're boned. And also, like the first one, if you use up all your pepper, you don't get any more, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. Uh, later on, because you'll get overwhelmed. Because the food, the food is very similar to Burger Time. It it meanders around, and it but it moves in a certain way that you can sort of trick the food. But I mean, there's so much of it. Eventually, it'll, it'll get you, and then you're and then you're pretty much uh, uh, screwed. Uh, bro, what did you think of this? What were your initial thoughts on this one when you saw it? I'm assuming you never played this one before. I, I, this was one that I have never played before. Yeah. Uh, Panic Restaurant I've played before, so I, I kind of knew what it was going in. I did not know what this was going in, and I was, uh, the very first game I played, I did very, very poorly. Yeah. Because uh, I, I didn't quite understand the concept. I went in totally cold. Yeah. Um, but as I played it, the game definitely grew on me. Uh, some things that are, I, I, some things that you've said I don't agree with. These don't move anything like Burger Time uh, enemies. Uh, they're all pretty much heat-seeking. They all want to get to the chef. Uh, they will sometimes take different paths, uh, but you can really, it's pretty easy to get them to go where you want them to go. Um, the later levels where they start adding in the pits that open up and the elevators that go up and down. And that's when they start introducing some of the, the different foods, the cherries and the bananas and yeah. stuff like that uh, are incredibly difficult because the paths to get where you're wanting to go are the same width as the food that you're trying to avoid. Uh, so the game gets to a point where, if, like you said, if you don't have pepper – you are absolutely screwed. Yeah. Um, now, on the upside, the pepper in this is is kind of weird. You throw it up in the air, and it lingers. Yeah. So you can actually throw it to hit one piece of food, and another piece of food walk into it and also get stunned. You know what it, it doesn't linger for a, ter- a lot of time. It's it's a it's you know a second a second and a half. If you if you ever watch the old uh, old uh, Mr. Fuji wrestling shows. They used to do, and sumos do this too. They used to do this salt ceremony. Throw the salt, yeah. But he wouldn't really use salt. I don't know what he used, but it would linger in the air. It was like talcum powder or something. That's what this pepper's like. It just yes, stays absolutely. there for a little while. You need very, it to as well. Fine. But stuff needs to run into it. Um, You can only throw the salt, at least my experience, you can only throw the salt left and right. You couldn't throw it in front of you or behind you. Did you get that as well? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, it. isn't it? Huh? It's kind. I mean, it just it, this game, the 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 pseudo depth, or I mean, it's, I guess it's real depth, is bizarre. It's it's hard to grasp exactly where exactly things are going sometimes. It is. It is. And and the enemies uh, will kill you if they touch your pixel, even if they aren't on the same plane as you are. If you're farther back in the background. Uh, trying to go around an enemy, but he moves up into you by even the slightest little bit, he will get the kill. Uh, Which I found that a little annoying, but it adds to the difficulty of the game, which was needed. You can breeze through the first five levels of this game, uh, no problem. Second playthrough, you're going to get to at least level five. Uh, Then when you the the levels are reconstructed to where they're very narrow, it starts getting very, very difficult. When it starts uh, opening and closing parts of level, I found that uh, yes. very deadly. Yes. Now, it won't let you walk off the side. Yeah. Thank goodness. That would have been horrible. Yeah. Uh, but if a pit opens up and you are under it, you will die. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's fair. I, uh, I hated that. But yeah, it, you, it will kill you. The game has great graphics. Stunning music. Yeah, the music's Holy really cow. good. I never thought the Intellivision could do this. Oh yeah. Uh, and the it is a fun, fun point game. Uh you can 
you can really greed up and focus on getting all those uh, foodstuffs in one go, getting all the big multipliers, or you can kind of play it safe and try to go for longevity. The uh, uh, we- different food items that you pick up for pepper change. Uh, like you get like a martini glass, and then you also get like a salt shaker. Yeah, uh, it all serves the same purpose. It just changes throughout the levels. I thought that was kind of neat. I think it did that in, the, in Burger Time too. I don't think it's always the same, is it? I can't. Remember. No, it's always the same. Is it? Yeah. One thing we should mention is that after you beat, after you finish four plates, there's a bonus stage. It's called the Blue Plate uh, Blue Plate Special, where food balls are just rolling down the screen. And your Not, job is to grab them as long as you don't grab the evil flashing food ball. If you do that, you actually lose. You, not only do you end the bonus round, but you lose a life. It's, you know, Aaron, a, it's got I a zookeeper level demo. of bonus round where you could die on the bonus round. Let, let me let me uh, pop in real quick. I just saw on the demo reel you're rolling, they, he did throw pepper right in front of him. Yeah. I was unable to do that. I don't know why. I will say one thing. I don't have this for the Intellivision, which I'll explain why later. But I mean, there's no. Mul- I've got a great Intellivision, but I don't have a multi cart, and there's not really an affordable one. And this cartridge is expensive, uh, so I had to emulate this. And emulating it was not easy. Uh, in fact, emulating the Intellivision is sort of a real. Is not the most fun, is it, Brent? It it it, ta- it takes away from even though the joysticks on the Intellivision are crap. Uh, sometimes you need them. Yeah. The uh, well, I I don't hate the Intellivision sticks as much as most people. I mean, I've gotten used to them, uh, but I know I talked to Bo and he had all kinds of trouble emulating this as well. So it, it it's it's uh, one of those games. That you hit, I mean, I ran I ran it through Mame, and even setting it up through Mame was a challenge to set the buttons up the way the game uh, would make it work. But it, you you can do it. But yeah, that that was a that was a pain. Um, I didn't have a huge problem, but the controls felt loose. Yeah. There is a, but there is definitely a point, a point pushing element to this game, isn't there, Brent? Yes, yeah, and that's where all the fun lies. Yes, yeah. I will also say that unlike a, a lot of games, when you kill, uh, and this is the same way it was in Burger Time, when you when you ram over food with your food ball, it comes back quick. <laughs> so you and can, it it pops up exactly where yeah, you kill. Yeah, and so you can get killed. This game is deadly. Yeah. you know, Burger Time has a rep of being a pretty tough game. This is this one fits nicely into that same sort of mold, you know. No pun intended. <laughs> well, uh, I, I see. I don't think this game is difficult unless you're greedy. If you're greedy, it the game gets very difficult. I'm greedy, uh, man. <laughs> when you the two things that really uh, I did not like about this game is you can only have one food ball in motion at one at any time, so you can't kick one and then kick another. Uh, you have to wait for the first one to stop rolling before you can send another one on its way. Oh. And on the later levels, that's a huge pain in the butt. I just like the idea that a cook's walking around and he's booting food on someone's plate. Well, that's the second thing. Uh, where Panic Restaurant really grabbed the theme of your uh, food and you're attacking it. Is it a fever dream or this guy's alternate reality? Who knows? Uh, it really used the food theme well. This game, it really doesn't. Yes, your enemies are food. Uh, and yes, you're building a plate of food at the bottom. But the food balls have faces when you kick them, which I don't like. Uh, it, it just seems <laughs> like they had a concept and then they they tacked on the theme. Now, that doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean the theme of this is bad. Everything looks like what it's supposed to look like. Uh, but you could you could replace the food balls with boulders and have uh, the enemies be skeletons, and it would still work. It's funny you should mention that. Maybe I can shed some light on that, Brent. All right, um, why don't you? This game had an interesting birthing. Uh, the uh, the fellow that did it, uh, um, Ray uh, Kasner... If originally, this was going to be a this was a prototype for a Masters of the Universe game, and now I read two different things. I read that when INTV bought all Intellivision stakes, they didn't get any of their, they didn't want to pick up either licenses, and so it was changed. I also read that because 
Uh, Burger Time sold a lot better than Masters of the Universe game. That they wanted to use that branding instead of the Masters of the Universe game. So you can take your pick. But anyway, it goes. This used to be. A, this was on. Uh, this was built to be a Masters of the Universe game. And so they ended up turning it over to uh, to a food-based game, a sequel to Bur uh, Burger Time. Now, if you look at the credits to this on the box, it says sequel to Burger Time. It's got the same guy yeah. and it's got the same hot dog. Same guy that did the Burger Time, right? And this was licensed from Data East, right? But it's considered an unofficial sequel. Yes. Right? So it's a licensed, that. fully licensed fully labeled sequel that they consider unreleased, a, 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 a non-sequel, which I think is kind of bizarre, but there you go. And um, let me tell you something. This should be considered the sequel to Burger Time because that ice cream atrocity doesn't even come close. You know, it's funny. I played a, uh, uh, I played that game, the Ice Cream Factory game, uh, before we did this show. I mean, I played it before I picked the game. And I played Super Burger Time as well. And this game I liked better than both those. Yeah, uh, to be honest I agree. with you, uh, I agree with you. I think this is your clear sequel choice right here. Uh, uh, I like it a lot more. I mean, it's it's this game's almost reminds me of something like it's 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 got an abstract quality to it. There's sort of a uh, you get out there sometimes when you're on those levels that have the parts that come and go. If, when the parts are all there, you could be in this huge square expanse of play footage. You can just walk around in, in, in 3D. It's a bizarre feeling, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, and it's uh, it's not for everyone. You know, uh, uh, it's reminded me of sort of, in some ways, it reminded me of the feeling I got when I played uh, Dig Dug 2 or something. Just like it just felt weird and wrong, you know, but it but it works. And there's a greed element to the game that's fun. The music's good. The graphics are good. The Intellivision, this is the kind of game it could pull off real well. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was surprised. And again, I'd never played it before, so th this was brand new to me. Uh, I that's think for darn this sure. game um, uh, is absolutely worth the hassle to go and emulate and play. Yeah. Uh, I think it has a fun factor that is hard to pin down. Uh, you can play this once and be done with it or you can play it over and over and over and over you can get your buddies together and play it for points yeah um you can play one I, or two players and you can also pick uh from four difficulty levels and each player can individually pick difficulties as well so, yeah that's uh, pretty neat always like that uh, yeah but this game uh was i cannot believe you say this was you know this was a, what a television did i think this is so far so far and beyond what I would expect from the Intellivision. Well, if you uh, I think it excelled in graphics. I think it excelled in uh, the smoothness, although almost all Intellivision games are pretty smooth. Uh, and it, the music was off the charts. Yeah. Well, you remember, so this, I, was, this was 87. Kudos. I think this was a really good find. This, this wasn't Yeti level find, but this was way up there. This was, this was from 87, so it was very late. And this was an INTV release. And it was from the guy who did Burger Time, which was the Burger Time on the Intellivision is very, very well regarded. I sure. found some reviews on this, just a couple. Uh, the INTV Funhouse gives us a 4.5 out of 5. The video game critic gave it an A. Uh, our own John Bodovkar Schaller had a look at this one. Uh, he, he writes, uh, The Intellivision is the console equivalent of the ZX Spectrum for me. I'm just now coming around to so many games I never knew existed. Diner purports to be a sequel to Burger Time, but it's a completely different game. It is visually similar to Crystal Castles, but I prefer this game because of the mechanics. Just like the best arcade games, you can choose to clear the meatballs as fast as possible, or you can try to press for points by taking your time and lining up enemies in their paths. I was surprised at how easy the MC Escher-inspired levels were to navigate, and while the collision detection on the horizontal plane with enemies was sometimes less than ideal, I could tell where I was in relation to them most of the time. My only gripe is the lost is they lost the diner motif after level two in favor of abstract geometric levels. He gives this thing an A, an A from the boat. Yeah, uh, I would so. agree with pretty much all of that. Yeah, Although uh, I, I don't think I don't think any of the levels scream "I'm a diner." Yeah, but I yeah I agree with pretty much that review spot on. I uh, looked this up on eBay, Brent. 
Uh, a loose cart is going, and this is an Intellivision, by the way. A loose cart, fifty-nine bucks. Woo! And people are asking for a hundred dollars in a ballpark for boxed. Uh, <coughs> that may be a little steep, but I saw plenty of these going for over fifty boxed. This is a pretty rare title on the Intellivision, which it would be, because I think INTV titles. I think they may have all been mail order at that point. I'm pretty sure they were. So. You got to think 87 is very late in the game for a television title. And uh, I think this is a, a pretty good one, Brenny. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so I think there was a, a couple pretty good uh, kind of sleeper hits there, Brenny. Uh, I agree. At least I'd never I heard agree. of yours. And, uh, you know, Diner was fun too. So let's move it along. And This is not food related, but it's still fun. Let's hit the wheel. Here the we wheel's go. kind of food-related. It's pizza-shaped. <laughs> That's true. So, we added, controversially, I might add, we added Chat Choice this week, and we've also got NES games from 85, Brent. Don't that, worry, folks. I'm going to rescue the wheel this week and bring it out of Aaron's ridiculous never, hands. Never, never. He'll, he'll fry it from my cold, dead hands. You ready to go? Do it. Yeah, okay, that wasn't the best, but... Okay. Game, yes! Okay, Brent, 50-plus-hour games. Yes. You want to explain this one? This is... We are going to pick games that we have extreme knowledge about. Uh, any game that we choose to pick, we have to have had at least 50 hours in it. I'm going to have to so ponder these, that. Yeah, these should be games that, you know, we we know we know the ins and outs of. Okay, Something that we sounds, can really talk about. That sounds interesting. 50-plus-hour games. I have to... Because I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Brent. You know, I've got a, a, a attention span issue. You do. And the, I, I don't... There's not... A, there's probably just a handful of games I've spent that much time with. I mean, I guess cumulatively, 50... I mean, I, I, I'll, have, I'll have to ponder that. There are some. That that will be an interesting, uh, uh, interesting thing to pull from. So... Uh, Brent, any news or information was spread along this literal week? Literal hundreds of games. I, I, I have many, 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 many games that I've played for 50-plus hours. Well, I know you do. I know, I know, absolutely know you do. Uh, we want to uh, give a shout-out to our good buddy, the Dunk, Duncan Styles, who uh, makes our beautiful Tron Light 3D Grads, which you don't get to use that much now because of the remote situation. That's kind of a bummer. Uh, we also want to thank our good buddy, The Bark Bit, who wrote our closing theme, uh, which I always enjoyed. Uh, Brent, do you have anything you want to add? you want to, any shout-outs or whatnot? <laughs> uh, yeah, we, just real quick through chat, we've got uh, Pixels, Picard, Geo's Lake, uh, Golden Crate, uh, Kaiju, I'm sorry I butchered your name. Uh, we got the ZB's Magic Roundabout. Uh, Paul Kitching, Amiga Bang made an appearance, Brock 101, uh, good crew today, good crew, Hassaf, Hass, Hass, <laughs> why are you letting me read names, man, I can barely <laughs> read my own name. You're doing a good job, Fuck man. So, yeah, we had a full crew in chat today, I glad agree. to see everybody come out. Yeah, we appreciate you guys coming out, we hope you're, uh, everyone that's celebrating is having a nice holiday, uh, and, uh. We'll be back as usual, same bat time, same bat channel next Sunday morning. Brent, do you have any final thoughts before we take this thing to the house? Uh, I thought this was a fun week, and I can't believe we got two games that I enjoyed playing every time that I played them. Yeah. That is, it's been a long time. <laughs> this, was, this was a good week for games, that's for sure. It was. It really was. So, next week, games that we played for 50-plus hours. Uh, please join us, and until then, Arrivederci. We'd like to take a moment to issue some special thanks to supporters of our show. First, we'd like to thank Anthony Jarvis for all of his long-time support. And also, thanks goes out to John Schaller, good friend and supporter of the show. Would you like to become a supporter and help us keep on spinning? You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Shout out to all our audio listeners. 
and a, and a special, special hello, hello to, to all of our followers, followers on Twitch and YouTube. YouTube.